We welcome Bev Todd of Santa Fe Art Getaway to episode 46. She is an artist who shares her amazing facility with artists across the globe. Welcome to Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. This podcast is focused on interviews, features, and stories about art. It's for artists and art lovers. I'm Val. I'm the abstract artist in the group, joined by Armin, the realist. Welcome, dear listeners. You are here for our episode 46. We're here with Beverly Todd out in Santa Fe. And Armin, wouldn't you love to be in Santa Fe right now? I would always live to be. I know every time I've been there, I loved it. Uh, I don't know. It's been must have been 15 years ago since we were there. I think it was. Time flies. Yeah, I had one. I had one a drawing show there, and so I decided to go there, and uh, uh, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So we are here with Beverly Todd of Santa Fe Artist Getaway, and. We're so excited to have you here, Bev, and to talk with you. (laughs) Well, thank you for inviting me. And, you know, talking about Santa Fe, for those who don't know, this is one of the creative capitals of the world with 250 galleries, um, artists everywhere. You know, there is art all across the city. So it's just amazing to be able to have an art business and art practice here in one of the creative capitals. It really is. I have spent... A lot of time between about 1996 to 1999 out there. And it became, I called it my soul city. It was just, it's so magical. Artists have been coming to the Southwest and New Mexico since the late 1800s. And there is a reason. There is magic. There's creativity, the culture. It's just a beautiful place for anyone in any genre of creativity. Are you originally from there, Bev? No, I am from Nebraska, farm girl from Nebraska and moved here to Santa Fe three years ago. Okay. Yeah. And that, that kind of gets us into yeah. here. I want to hear about the where, the when, and the how. You ended up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Santa Fe Artist Getaway is a um a creative place that's nestled into nature. And here I host artists um, for workshops, residencies. I do creativity coaching and my own art practices here. Mm-hmm. And I got here um, by way of planning. Um, I've always worked in the corporate nonprofit world and had been the head of several nonprofits in Nebraska. And all along, I knew that I had this um, unbridled creativity. And I developed a plan to move my art practice. I always practiced art in Nebraska, but to develop and launch an art practice and to move it here to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And so um, it started out with being very strategic, developing a strategic plan of what does the the business look like? What does the offering, how do I connect with artists? What do I give them that helps them grow as far as the the art practice? And um, also I started developing my own skills. I said, you know, I really wanna do this. So 10 years ago, I started teaching workshops. I really pumped up my art practice and um, worked with master artists across the country so that I actually, Um, could see my art growing. And um, before you know it, I was hosting art shows in Nebraska and 
um, started painting in Santa Fe about five years ago. And that's when I started looking for this place of presence where um, this, this dream, this vision of being a creative place for all artists to come and grow in their practice. That's where that happened. Wow, that is so exciting. And just looking at your website and you have it laid out with lots of photos of the facilities that you offer. It's just amazing. And and everyone, we can see Bev in her studio right now. Bev is a wonderful, wonderful painter. And your, your, uh, your style is, of course, abstract. Uh, how, how would you describe your working, your, your paintings? Um, I have fallen in love with being an abstract expressionist artist. And like a lot of artists, I did things throughout my life, watercolors and portraits and collage. And when I discovered abstract expressionism, um, probably about 10 years ago, I fell in love with it because the hallmarks of this genre is big, loose, bold, colorful. So when I paint, it's standing up, it's dancing, it's moving. The movement, the energy that comes from the body, from the painter is as much um, infused in the art as actual paint on the canvas. So abstract expressionism, another hallmark is that it's great exploration and experimentation with mediums, tools, techniques, um, how you approach the art. And it was born out of the 1940s in New York City, just as World War II was launching up. And so the artists of that time were great explorers and experimenters. So I'm just very much in love with that um, ability that there are no rules because I hate rules. I am a rule breaker from the time I was a baby, I think. So um, being able to create so freely is what I love. Right. Were there any special uh, artists from that point, that era that really moved you? Um. There are a group um, of women abstract expressionists called the Ninth Street Women. And there's actually a book, a big yellow book. If you can go find it, go read it for who's listening. But the women of that era, I'm especially drawn to um, because they knew they had to paint and they gave up everything, you know, from live. They lived in walk up flats in New York City um, without water and heat, just so they could wake up and paint every day. Uh-huh. And some of those women are, um, Helen Frankenthaler was one of them, Lee Krasner, Elaine de Kooning, who um, was married to Willem de Kooning. Um, Lee Krasner was married to Jackson Pollock. So the the life that they lived and the way they li- approached art, living, breathing, eating, sleeping art, mm-hmm. um, is just so impressive. Mm-hmm. It really is. I I do want to read that book. I've read little excerpts, but it's a thick book. It's, it's a big one. Uh huh. I've got it. Um, actually, a book and also on Audible, so I can go back and forth and and um, you know, if I'm driving somewhere, I pop that in and listen. Sure. Oh, I would love that. So, you know, it's really a, a much about the history of the time. You know, when workers' rights were being front and center. Um, there was the WPA where a lot of artists were creating murals across the country. So mm-hmm. the culture and the movement, the energy, the politics of that time impacted the art so much. Mm-hmm. So that book captures all that. And you understand really more about how and why that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, the war in Europe and a lot of the traditional artists and the great artists from Europe were coming to, into New York City and infusing their energy there into the art scene also. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I remember some of those like Hans Hoffman and, and those yes. coming in. 
Hans Hoffman was kind of the leader of the group and um, taught school and educated. So a lot of the abstract expression was studied with Hans Hoffman. Um, his great book is Color and Light. If you don't have a copy of that, that's a great book to read. You know, how do you create color and light into your art? That's a great one. And, you know, uh, audience, we will put these in the show notes, the, the two books we're talking about here. It's wonderful. And any other books that that brings up. <laughs> yeah. Great. I think those artists, those women artists have been, you know, getting their dues, especially in the last 20 years. They were kind of foreshadowed a little bit by uh, the mail. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think it's I think it's great to have a book like that and see the greatness. I, I, I worked in a museum as a curator and we had a, a show with Frank and Thaler and, and mm -hmm. just amazing works, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Joan Mitchell has a show traveling. It's, I believe, in Paris right now, but it started in California, was in Baltimore. And if anyone had a chance to see Joan Mitchell's show in person, um, you would go away with goosebumps. Wow. She is another one of the very fresh and loose abstract expressionists. And her art kind of um, has a nod to nature, the environment. You can feel a little bit of flowers, a floral color movement, wind blowing. So if you want to look at a great um, example of how do you infuse your energy in nature and the landscape and energy and motion into art, study Joan Mitchell. Joan Mitchell. Yes. I remember when her exhibit was traveling in the U.S. and I would see my Facebook friends all going to the exhibit. I was so jealous. Uh -huh. Maybe we should jump on a plane and head to Paris. What do you think about I that? I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. <laughs> great. Tomorrow. Oh, so you, okay. you grew up in a small town. I did too. And mm -hmm. I'm always curious when you live in a small town, how the arts come to you or how do you find the arts? Do you recall stories of uh, how? Um, you yeah, I think, well, there's a couple things. I do, I do recall this one story being second or third grade and coloring skies. The assignment does color skies and I made my stars blue and the teacher came around and put her hand on the shoulder and said, stars are not blue, you're gonna have to start over. Oh. And I remember looking at that teacher going, Oh, she's one of those. She doesn't get it. Stars are in, and I felt sorry for her that she did not have this creative mind. So I think those of us who are artists are infused with a way of seeing and approaching the world that is just innate. Um, but I think the other thing that influenced me greatly was growing up on a farm and a great sense of independence and exploration. Um, farmers are the first entrepreneurs and they can figure anything out, fix anything. And I would take off with my dad or on my own across the farm and explore and fix and create worlds, you know, build forts and rafts. So I think that endless um, canvas of the, the prairie of Nebraska uh -huh. and being able to play and create and dance across it um, impacts me. The other thing my father always said, you can do anything and I will help you do that. So for me, there's that power in being confident that I'm able to do anything and then passing that on to somebody else. And I think that is one reason why I enjoy my work with artists that I'm able to share what I know, encourage, pass it on and help them um, mature and grow in their art and realize their their dreams and their passions. Oh, that's such a wonderful mission. Are uh -huh. you, I just out of curiosity, are you the oldest child in your family? 
No, there's five children. I'm the second oldest. Okay. Because I, uh, I was the oldest. And when you say pass it on, I remember passing it on to my cousins and, and just trying to kind of put everybody in a little group, a little club kind of feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. So you're, um, you're, I call you an art entrepreneur. You know, you have so many uh, ways for artists to connect. Uh, I had the pleasure of taking your class on teaching online workshops. It was designed for artists who were already teaching, but to give them more of a plan, more of a mm-hmm. content that they can use, that sort of thing. It was a wonderful course. So this entrepreneurship, talk to us about that. Um, so what I see that I do that's a common thread through all of my art business is that I create and build transformational experiences that engage creatives, not just learning how to paint, that's part of it, but also empowering them with confidence and courage and peeling back the layers of who they really are to let this creativity out. And I think that's so important. Um, A lot of people um, go through life, um, you know, as kids, we're all creative. You get a box of crayons in in kindergarten and the teacher says, who's an artist? Everyone's an artist. But as you go through grade school and high school, you're taught to study and pass tests and, and do math. And then by the time you're in college or out of high school, you're focusing on a job and career and a family. And before you know it, we lose that beautiful connection to creativity. So my job is to help people find that, connect back into it, explore it and blow it up because we all have that. Mm. Um, And a lot of people have fears around that. They really don't believe they have it. So my job is to give them these experiences, the encouragement, the opportunities to connect and and pull that to the front and center so that they can be this creative person they want to be. Wonderful. Now, in your classes, Armin, you're encouraging, when I hear you, I would say that Armin is just a naturally transformational teacher. Yeah. That word, transformational, that you use yeah. in the workshop, uh-huh. that really captured my imagination. But I would consider, I haven't talked to you about this, Armin, but I would consider your teaching style very transformational, like that. Well, sure, especially, you know, peeling back those layers. You know, I teach I teach drawing and it's mostly realism. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't be a good realist if I didn't have the passion for abstraction that I do. Uh-huh. Uh, I think understanding abstraction as a realist will make you a better realist. Understand form, movement within the, within yes. the picture plane. And mm-hmm. as soon as somebody poo-poo's abstraction, I say, go see it, study it. You see abstraction all around you, you know, um, you know, it's, it's so I, I do when I teach and I have a class of 10 people, I teach everyone a little different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to be able to read your audience or read the people and see what each one of them need. Everyone is slightly different. And I think that's a skill set that not everyone has. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think you're right. I think it has a lot to do with. And I, I just caught the tail end of a Sunday news report, and it was a business, an entrepreneur talking about his secrets. I, I wish I could remember his name. I've been I wish I knew his secrets. <laughs> yeah. And one of his big secrets was uh, using empathy, empathy for everyone. Uh-huh. He said, 
that we need more of a global empathy because we're all in this together. And, and that really struck a nerve, that empathy. And I think reading an audience like you do, Bev, I think that's empathy. You can put yourself in their shoes. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's excellent for educators to have that in their, in their pocket. So. I think um, I'm an introvert, which, you know, I'm really good at presenting and talking. And I love being in crowds, but also one of the skill sets of an introvert is you're more quiet and will sit back and read the room. So I think introverts naturally have that ability to pay attention and listen and zone in and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, where somebody comes in the room who's always talking doesn't have that opportunity to observe. So I think that's just another one of those innate things that you get with oh, your personality. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, so you're out there in Santa Fe. Your Santa Fe Artist Getaway is up and running. You have wonderful artists coming in. How do you find these artists that are going to be teaching the, uh, are they week-long sessions? I'm. Sh- um, this year we'll have about 20 in-person workshops. I teach um, probably a third of those, and then I'll bring in teaching artists for yes. the others. And most of them I know from the network of artists. Artists are, for the most part, greatly kind, connecting, networking, willing to share. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing about being in an art community. Mm-hmm. So the teaching artists come from all across the country. And most of the workshops here are contemporary. Um, yeah. I found the niche. You know, we each have our niche in what we do and offer. And and what I teach and love, and then the people I bring in, and then the students come in, all have that contemporary bent. So abstract expressionism, um, a sense of place, collaging. Um, I do have one landscape painter, Natasha Eisenhower, who comes in and teaches um, pastels and oil and plein air. Uh-huh. And she is the New Mexico treasure. And so, uh, you know, she lives about an hour away from here. So Natasha has started and been teaching here for four years. So other than Natasha, everyone is very much focused in more of the modern bent, mm-hmm. um, the exploration, the abstraction. Right. I, I'm, mm-hmm. you, you talk about the network of artists. I am familiar with um, Audrey Phillips. Mm-hmm. I met her and even uh, studied with her. Well, some workshops type things. And mm-hmm. the other person that I haven't met personally is Krista Harris, we're kind of in that same circle, but I watched mm-hmm. her video. It's just amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> Krista Harris and Audrey Phillips were the first two that I approached when I knew I was like, even before I'd moved here, I was still living in Omaha. And they were the first two I approached to ask to come teach oh. because I do admire their work. And they are not only amazing artists themselves, but their teaching is so beautiful. And they each approach it very different. That's that's so interesting. I. So that would be fun to to um, meet them sometime too. What is when you're out there for one of your uh, maybe a session from you or one of the other artists? Do you find your own lodging or uh, do you? How does that work? Um, so if you go to my website, SantaFeArtistGetaway.com, there is a page called Student Information Page, and it shares everything that anyone would need to know about where we're located, what to expect. Um, recommended lodging, transportation. So the physical location, I'm on six acres, eight miles outside of Santa Fe in the Sandy Cristo foothills of the mountains. So it's very woodsy here and beautiful. You'll see deer and coyotes and and ravens. 
Um, and we're up a bumpy road. And that is part of the charm of being here is that you really are secluded into this magical space. So most artists will stay in town. There's bed and breakfasts nearby. There's one just a half a mile that um, an artist came this winter and she actually walked over from her bed and breakfast. Okay. So, but um, while we're talking about place, this, um, I've owned it for about four years before it was owned by a husband wife couple, uh -huh. Elias Rivera and Susan Contreras. And they are um, gems and much revered artists here in Santa Fe and all of New Mexico. And they lived here for about 30 years and actually built the two art studios. So the studio I'm sitting in right now was Susan's art studio. Oh. And next door, so this is called Studio Gray Fox. And uh -huh. the next door is Studio Raven. And that was Elias, the husband studio. And that studio is where we host the residencies and workshops. It's 2,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. uh, a huge creative state space with a wall of windows looking out to the mountains. Mm -hmm. And then it also has living space, a full kitchen, dining, seating, um, a bedroom, loft upstairs, bathroom, laundry. Um, I just had an artist leave. They had been here all of March. She just left this morning and she comes every March and paints and leaves some of her art here on uh, Canyon Road in a gallery and then takes some back to Michigan. She has a gallery in Door County. I'm blanking uh, on her name. I, I think I've seen her. Yeah, Jenny Cape was just here. Yeah, yes, Jenny. I've seen her work at the Michigan Gallery. Right. Yeah, Dor She's in Door County, and I believe it's Capert Contemporary or Capert Art. Oh, yes, you're right. So, um, gosh, I, w I wanted to ask you about those residencies. So she was there for a month. She comes every mm -hmm. March. So that is a possibility for artists as well. Oh, absolutely. In fact. Um, I, the, usually the workshop season runs from April through October, and there'll be um, some time in between for residencies. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's time, of course, all winter months. And I just posted on my Facebook page and Instagram residency dates that are open because I had a couple of cancellations. So all of July is open for anybody. And then there's weeks throughout the year. So um, check the web page or Instagram and you can find those dates for residencies. And it's live workspace. You can get up in the morning, have your coffee, start painting in your pajamas. That sounds um, really yeah. nice. Are and when I started painting here in Santa Fe, I was looking for a space just like this and I couldn't find any. And Santa Fe is a huge art capital. Yes. So it made me realize that there was a need for this for artists to be able to come here and really infuse and get away from daily life and be able to make their best art yet. Mm -hmm. The other great thing about being a residency here is Santa Fe is so darn creative. You cannot help but be inspired. Yes. Ghost Ranch, where Georgia O'Keeffe lived and painted, is just um, a little over an hour away. Mm -hmm. And so Jenny and her um, art friend were up there all day yesterday. The other cool thing about Santa Fe is the um, Georgia O'Keeffe Gallery is here, or gal um, museum. And part of that museum is a standalone house that has all of her um, records of notebook sketches, painting mixes. And you can block a time and go into this private collection and spend half a day going through her work. Wow. And Jenny did that while she was here and made all sorts of notes, but it's things that you will not see anywhere else. And the thing that's fascinating is Georgia did so much research. She sketched, she drew, she mixed paints. And a lot of people assume she was so talented, she could just come up to a canvas and paint. Well, no, she did all of this homework. She explored, she pushed, she pulled. 
that's how she made art that was so amazing. So that's, you know, one of the other cool things you can do while you're here. Go infuse yourself in Georgia in her work. Mm-hmm. That I, I guess I didn't realize she did all that research for her work at all. I knew she was trained as a teacher. So that kind of makes sense that she would do that with her own work, do all that homework, so to speak. So I would love to see that. We, Arma and I have to think about getting out there to that. One of those. Well, your residency. It's yeah. perfect for people to stay and create and, oh, yeah. and uh, get around town. Uh-huh. That'd be something. Now you mentioned Canyon Road um, and I've been there, but it's been a long time. Do you, I don't know if you have favorite must-sees up there that you want to share with the folks. Anything in Santa Fe must-see. Those who have not been in Santa Fe, um, Santa Fe is the oldest community in the nation. The Spaniards were settling in, coming up through Mexico here in the 14 and 1500s. So the city is quite old and quaint with adobe buildings. And Canyon Road, it really is a narrow little street with the buildings, you know, nudged up on each side. And over the years, it first started out as artists would paint there. And then in the 70s and 80s, galleries started opening. And it's really developed into one of the world's most classiest, amazing um, grouping of galleries, about 100 galleries up and down Canyon Road. Um, And you'll see everything from high-end $100,000 art to collectible arts that you and I could take home for $100. Mm-hmm. Of course, my favorite are the contemporary galleries. One of them is New Art, N-U-A-R-T, oh, yeah. um, with some beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Um, another gallery I really like that's over in the rail yard. It's you know where the rail yard depot's gone, and that's another area that's been redeveloped. And that's Lou Allen, L-E-W-A-L-L-E-N. And they're also contemporary. Um, right now, they're showing a... Lou Allen? Right now, Lou Sorry? Lou Allen Gallery has been around for a while, I think. Yeah. The rail yard's new, and I think they moved there recently. Um, because I think so, we went there yeah. to, mm-hmm. to visit. Yeah, the rail yard's been developed in the past 10 years, mm-hmm. and Lou Allen's one of the anchors there. But mm-hmm. right now, they're showing a retrospective of Elias Rivera, the artist who lived here and built. So it's, and his work is large scale, you know, um, 10 by 6. And he went to Central America and painted in oils, um, streetscapes, you know, the women selling things in the market, children holding on to their mom's skirt, very warm, familiar family kind of setting. So they are right now showing a retrospective of his work. Um, So for me, it's exciting to go see that and say, you know, this painting was painted right here. Right in in your studio. That is exciting. That's got to be a thrill. Wow. So when you come here for a workshop and a residency, you're staying in his studio. And one of the things I love to show people, he had a two-story door built into the side of the studio to take out his massive art. Now, the door is only about this wide, about 12 inches wide. But it really is. It's framed out and it's a two-story door. So the canvases could go out intact without, you know, taking them off and rolling them up. So his studio was custom built. And when people walk in for a workshop or residency, they're just blown away by all the details that he put into his studio that make it special for artists that are here today. Mm -hmm. So it's just exciting that I get to be the steward of this this Mm -hmm. place for the next, I don't know how long, that um, it really was created with um, artists in mind. Mm -hmm. 
that it continues to be this center of creativity for people. Yes, it's it's really like it was meant to be. I'm so happy that you're in that space because uh, it makes us accessible to folks like yeah. us. I love that. Right. You know, so Susan, um, Susan Contreras, um, Eli's wife, who this was her studio, uh-huh. they built this studio first and she's come out here a couple times. I wanted her to see, you know, what we're doing with the property. Mm-hmm. She talked about building this studio and they had a Native American come out with the witching, the stick, to oh. find the place on the property that had the most energy for being a creative, for being wow. art. So wow. they've worked with the Native American culture to make sure that this um, aligns with the nature, the landscape, and gives everyone that ability to springboard. There's something magical here. There really is. That is so fascinating. I love that. You know, and I've noticed that um, you kind of having your foot both in the basically the nonprofit world, even the corporate world, and now the artist world, you've designed your residencies. There's an option now, am I right? Where you can, the artist can be in there working and there'll be a, you can have an option of bringing in a photographer or a video, videographer. That's so cool. Now, so new this year is a seven day residency um, and it is limited to five artists. And so they will come in and have a full seven days to come in and out of the Studio Raven. They don't stay there because there's five of them, Mm -hmm. but it is their time for dedicated. Um, And they would have a painting wall workspace. It's about 10 by 10. And then throughout the week, I am bringing in experts from around Santa Fe. We'll have a panel of um, local um, gallery people that will come in and talk about art marketing, what's happening in art sales, where is it going, um, tips Mm -hmm. and techniques. Um, also, then I work with them. I have a writing and photography background, so I'll work with them on their artist statements and take photos. So when they leave, they have this package that they can do to upload to their website, to use in social media. And new, I'm just working with a videographer now here in Santa Fe. We're also going to off, offer them the option to have a short video shot while they're here, mm-hmm. um, a three-minute video that will be them working at their station, talking. And so often it's hard to find these professional resources to help you present yourself and talk about your art and present your art in a professional way. So all of that will be wrapped up into the seven day residency. That is just great. And those photos and videos then can be used by the artists for social media yeah. or marketing. It's so useful. It is a whole PR marketing communications package that they will leave with. Mm-hmm. So great. Um, um, I read, and I'm not sure if this is still happening out in Santa Fe or not, but when I talk about the corporate world, you had designed some activities through team paint, you called it. So when I was still working in the corporate world and part of my art business practice, I launched a business called team paint Mm -hmm. and I still have a website, but it is art-based learning taking it into the corporate world to develop team building. So my designing that came from being, you know, the CEO of some nonprofits and working with corporations Mm -hmm. and leadership development, team building. How do you help people in the um, workday environment maximize their potential? So that program pulls all of that together. Mm -hmm. And it's a half day workshop where teams paint together Mm-hmm. And we, as a team, decide how they'll paint, what they paint. And there's challenges and, you know, activities that happen throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And one of the first workshops I did when I launched the program was with ConAgra based in Omaha. They're one of the food oh, giants. Yes. They own Redenbacher. And I'd been working with their leadership development program offering these sessions. And they had a new CEO come into town and he heard about what they were doing with Team Paint. And the first thing he asked was to get one of the pieces of art that came out of the Team Paint program and put it in his office behind his desk because he wanted to remind himself and everyone else in the corporate world every day, the power of creating and doing things together. That indeed you can stretch yourself. Indeed, you can do more than you ever thought. And look what you do when you come together and create this. Oh, that is just great. I bet you have some fun stories of those groups because they're... Um, Absolutely. You know, it's always fun when you see people in a different setting, they're challenged when they do team paint. And there was one session where a guy who is the IT guy, and usually, you know, they're kind of quiet and nerdy. He took his shoes and socks off and painted with his feet. And at the end, everyone was like, "Uh, Greg, we had no idea. And he said, well, you only see this part of me in the day in my office. I am this amazing, fun, creative person. And so it's really a dynamic that lets people, you know, get to know each other in a deeper, richer sense. Oh, yes. Oh, that is so great. Um, So, you know, I was talking a little bit about the course that I took. And Armin, you probably have some questions on uh, topics for Bev. Give us a rundown of the topics you, I guess, the the titles of the courses you teach. Uh So in addition to the hands-on workshop that are um, held here, Uh I do a whole line of sessions I do online in the winter. So um, people can sign up for these sessions as well as creativity coaching or art business coaching. So the things that I work with over the winter are um, kind of those things you need in your tool cart to be a professional artist. Mm -hmm. The most um, popular one is my artist writing seminar and it teaches people how to talk and write about their art. Mm -hmm. So the physical piece of art starts a conversation and then being able to communicate about your art finishes it and brings the viewer in full circle. Mm -hmm. So being able to do that in a compelling way that engages the viewer is really important. And most artists know it inside. They know why they paint. They know what their passion is, but they have a challenge putting it into words. So I work with them and work through a process of question and journaling that gets to the good juicy stuff. And I listen to what they say and I pull it out of them. I said, Oh my gosh, Val, I just heard you say that, you know, when you paint, it lights you up and um, you imagine stars, for instance. So we Uh take those kind of good things and put them into their artist writing. So that's the most popular one. But then You know, along with all of that, um, social media is such a big, important part of anybody's presence in the art community. So we talk about, you know, how to shoot video with your phone. You can do simple, easy things. Um, How to use Instagram and post Instagram and reels. Um, Then I also, the one you took part in was how do you um, package and create a workshop? How do you make it a transformational workshop? Mm -hmm. Uh, All the way from designing the curriculum to marketing to I'm pacing it throughout the three or four or five days that you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've started working with a couple businesses um, nationwide who are doing something similar. They're doing um, workshops. So I do consulting with them. How do they develop their strategic plan? Um, what legal things do you need to have in place before you launch your business? What do you do when you start budgeting? Um, 
how do you design and uh, fill your calendar for the year? So mm-hmm. we talked about all those things that happen behind the scenes if you are an art business. Mm-hmm. Um, in my coaching, this is really interesting. I have um, one client who is getting ready to leave a corporate job into um, painting more. And we've been talking about what is her unique visual voice? What's her art niche? And besides painting, what else does she do to create income and generate income around her art and her passion? Mm-hmm. So for individual artists, I talk about that too. So few of us can actually make a um, $100,000 income just off of selling painting. Yes. So like Armin, you know, teaching, mm-hmm. what, what do you you also have these skill sets and passion for that helps generate income that allows you to be an artist and still work in your field. That's right. Well, I, I, I noticed that my whole art life, uh, there's always something to support my art life, if it, whether mm-hmm. it was teaching or, or being a curator in a museum. Early on, when I was in my 20s, I did picture framing and I was living in Chicago and I managed a big picture framing company. And I was surprised how much I learned from these artists that came in there. And so you're constantly mm-hmm. gathering information. I was going to ask you is, you know, you do all this stuff. How do you find time to still paint? You know? <laughs> oh, the age cold question. You know what? I, I have the honor of seeing so many amazing artists come to workshops and teaching artists that it is hard time. When, I, when I'm doing workshops, that's all I do. But mm-hmm. in the off season, I do self-residencies here in my studio. I will block out a month of time when I just paint. Um, and also, I'm treating myself next week. I'm studying with an artist here in town, Julie Schumer who has a studio in town. So I'm working with her for three days. And Julie's been here to workshop. So it's um, it's not so much that um, you need to learn things that you need to do as an artist is set deep work time, dedicated time for you to get into your practice, mm-hmm. for you to explore and, and grow. Mm-hmm. So for any artist, blocking out chunks of time for deep work, not just, you know, I'm going to the studio for half an hour, I'll do it next week, but taking a week off of your day job and painting, um, taking a whole month in focus. Um, when I was still working in the corporate world, I would take a Friday off every month and have a three-day weekend that I just painted. So how do you find this, these blocks of time that you prioritize and make your art happen? Um, if you're just finding a few minutes here and there, you're never going to advance your art and mature your voice and get to a a, a higher, better place. So chunk out these big blocks of time for that deep, uninterrupted work. Mm-hmm. That that topic, deep work, is really uh, interesting for me. And I've all because I I have a hard time settling in, and so I'll do those little chunks of time. That, you know, they do kind of add up. But I really relish time when I can go to a residency and really get into it. If you were going to advise artists on a best practice for achieving deep work, can you give some, like you said, take, make your own residency, take a month, mm-hmm. any other thoughts or ideas to make that more natural for us? Uh-huh. There are a a lot of ways you can do that. You can go to a workshop, you know, anytime you can get away from your home, your house, your office, whatever, and get, you know, where you just create art will work. So take a workshop, get out of town, mm-hmm. um, do a self-residency. There are a lot of nonprofits that do residencies around the world, and it's very competitive to get into them. You don't have to wait to be accepted to one of those. Mm-hmm. Create one yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Come here, rent studio space. Um, mm-hmm. I have an art friend here in town, Jen Tuff, who had the Jen Tuff Gallery in the um, LA area. And she is opening something called Air Studios, A-I-R, here in Santa Fe, about okay. five miles from Mm-hmm. And the air studios, she's going to have 10 spaces that artists can rent for a week at a time. Mm-hmm. So you would stay somewhere in town, come out and paint for a week at the time. Dovetailed onto that, not only do you get to rent the space and paint for a week, on the weekends, then you have open studio and a show. So the public can come in and see your art. Mm-hmm. So um, check out, um, and I can send you the link to these later, but Jen's okay. model is just exciting and we just had lunch together last week and I said this this is making Santa Fe the place to come to learn to grow your art practice for workshops for residencies mm-hmm. it's already been a place for galleries now it is the environment for growing and, and becoming a better artist in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. yeah there's a there's a feeling in Santa Fe that you know you go to even to a cafe and it feels like art uh if you're from a community uh where there's not a great emphasis on it, you go to Santa Fe and you you just get bowled over by that intensity, yes. that creative environment that you're in over there. Uh, no matter what ism you're in, too, you know, but it, it, yes. uh, it really does. And I, I really like when you are in Santa Fe, it's it's like you're cherished for being an artist. It's like it the, is. It's an honor. If you go into Whole Foods or Trader Joe's with paint on your face and, you yeah. know, that's an honor because they know you're an artist. <laughs> such a beautiful, nurturing feeling out there. So uh, Before COVID, I, I did a year-long residency at the Manifest International Drawing Center in Cincinnati. And that was an intense thing for a whole year. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was an amazing experience. Oh, gosh, a year would be ideal. Yeah. All you can do is focus about your art. Yeah. Well, you know, being an artist is not just about showing up and painting or creating or sculpting. It, it's it's a way of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You eat, breathe, think art all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we have these daily lives happening. Somebody's got to do the laundry. You know, mm-hmm. someone's got to get the groceries. The dog has to be walked. So, you know, how do you balance that so that you allow yourself to do what matters most first, which mm-hmm. is your art? Mm-hmm. So, you know. We also procrastinate and we can piddle away days without getting in the studio. So you've got to put your art first, put your practice first, be serious about it and mm-hmm. let go of, you know, watching TV, let go of, you know, those little things that chew away your time. Mm-hmm. Are you, when you're when you're working, are you is it silence? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to uh, audio? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Um, I am, I think the best conversations and sound happens inside my head. (laughs) I have this great dialogue going on all the time. So usually um, when I'm creating experiences, workshops, or even painting, it's usually in silence. But I do have a great playlist that, um, you know, when I really want to get wild and crazy and push (laughs) my art to the next level, I'll put in some music. Uh And as long as it's instrumental, um, Music with words seem to distract me because I want to have, you know, I don't want that in my head. I want my thoughts in my head. Uh Mm -hmm. So I'll listen to everything from old country to Van Morrison to John Baptiste. You know, I have Mm -hmm. such a variety of music that inspires me. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very important for me, too. uh, Yeah. 
Well, Armin, I think we need to make our way out to Santa Fe. I think we should. Um, figure this out now. I wanted to ask you a question about <laughs> Omaha. We have a good friend of ours that lives in Omaha, and she, she's she been working there. Uh, Diane Williams, I don't know if you know her. Diane, Diane is a very good friend of mine. Okay. Um, Diane, um, when I was in my corporate days, when I was heading a foundation, Diane actually worked at one of the communities, and I've known Diane for years, but she was someone that I sat down with at coffee one day, and I said, Here's what I want to do with my, this is maybe 10 years ago. Here's what I want to do with my art practice. What do you know? Who do you know? Um, do you have some recommendations? And Diane, you know, has been an artist all her life. So she had these deep connections. And so her sharing information helped me get into one of my first um, master workshops and start studying with um, Stephen Imony, who's in Asheville, um, Carolina now. So those are so valuable, talking to the other artists and networking and asking, who do you know? What do you think? If I need to grow my practice, what do I do? Well, Diane and Val had a, had a gallery together for years in Michigan. Back in Michigan, we yeah. sure did. And uh, and she started out as a realist, a pretty, pretty tight realist. And then then she just exploded into, uh, into, into abstraction and... Uh, Oh, I don't know when the last time we visited her. We had a show here in Midland for her, but uh, I think her work is just so mm -hmm. powerful. And uh, yeah. and yeah. I think she's working she, in cold wax mostly. Yeah, cold wax and oils pretty much um, yeah. 100% of the time now. Yeah. Oh, we had so much fun when we had that uh, studio and gallery together. So that's great because we've run in the same circle so it makes sense to me but all know <laughs> well contemporary art expect art it really is a um, small sorority or fraternity or network yeah. and you know you find you will connect with people not only across the country but around the world too Absolutely. that are working in this um focus this genre yes well now you can get back to your painting we'll get back to our painting i am so motivated now, Bev, after talking with you and uh, so appreciate Well, I have the non-glamorous job of today. I'm cleaning the studio, Studio Raven next door, because a new workshop starts tomorrow morning, our first one of the spring. And it's oh, um, you're busy. a beginner to intermediate abstract discovery workshop. So yeah. we'll have um, just it's limited to seven artists. So they work big and paint big. So they Oh, great. Great. And you're teaching that one, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful time with those well, artists coming in. Well, thank you, Val and Armin. This has been such a treat to visit with you today. Oh, you it's a pleasure meeting you. And uh, you know, I'm I think I'm we're serious about coming. I, we're very serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go look right now. <laughs> those dates go fast, so grab them. I, I just I know they do. <laughs> oh, sure. All righty. We'll have a great week with everyone. All right. And, uh, All right. Bye bye from Santa Fe. Thank you to our sponsor, Golden Apple Studio and Residency. Artists and writers have referred to their own residencies at Golden Apple as life altering, life affirming, and creatively inspiring them for years to come. Personally, I recommend thinking seriously about what this opportunity might mean for you. Could be a chance to dive deep into a painting series, begin or continue writing a book, or recharging your soul as an artist. The peace and solitude you'll find in Down East Maine is transformational. 2024 is so limited at this point, so begin to think ahead for 2025. 
Email your questions to Shelly Stevens at S-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S at goldenapplestudio.com. That's S-N-S-T-V-E-N-S at goldenapplestudio.com. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you for listening. You can find our past and future episodes at anchor.fm, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. Special thanks to our producer, Taylor Kramer of Cold Shower Media. And check out our websites, ValerieAllenArt.com, ArminMersman.com. Stay creative, stay curious, and we'll see you next time.